This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 137 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you are well. Thank you so much for your company. If you're here every week, it's good to see you again. If you're not here every week and you've just stumbled across us, then subscribe, man. There's loads of content on our website. Uh, of which I'm sure you will enjoy. Fightdisciples.com. You says you can subscribe to the podcast through there. There's loads of videos on there as well. I've seen myself and Nick uh, chatting to various fighters, not just in the world of boxing, but also in the world of UFC. Um, we're on iTunes as well, if you want to have a little bit of a nosy on there. Fight Disciples. You're going to need that iTunes um, to win yourself some boxing tickets a little later on in the show because we've got a boatload to give away uh, for a show that's happening in Liverpool this weekend at the Echo Arena, all courtesy of the lovely boys at Matchroom Boxing. So stick around, I'll tell you how you can be at that show for absolutely no money whatsoever uh, a little later Just on, on that note as well, last time we gave tickets away for a boxing show in Liverpool, we gave tickets away for the World Boxing Super Series. Yeah. And I bought drinks for the winners as well. Yeah, you did, didn't you? You know what I mean? Because they spotted you in the crowd. It's that's... not It's not like you were being generous. It's because <laughs> the geezer spotted you in the crowd. He said, hey, that's Nick from Fight Disciples. Hey, how you doing, mate? You all right? You getting us a drink? Because obviously someone listens to the show on a regular basis <laughs> and you felt obliged to do so. Like, oh, yeah, OK. All right, come see on, let's go and get a bit of it. So there you go, that's how it rolls. Nick will be there at the weekend, so if you do see him... <laughs> Yeah. You know what to do. <laughs> you won't miss me. I'll be walking around with my Luke t-shirt That's on. That's it. Obviously. That's it. You need to get yourself in there and have a little bit of a nausea. Me, I go incognito. I was wearing baseball cap at the weekend. I had a beard on. <laughs> everything. Nobody could spot me. Uh, by the way, um, the tickets that we gave away for the uh, Huey Fury fight, mm-hmm. I went to meet the geezers that won those tickets. Raw four. Tremendous. They were fourth raw, mate. Brilliant. The guy that won it was a New Zealander. Really? Yeah. yeah, big Joseph Parker fan. Wow. He listens to the show. He's based in, the guy, lad that was based in London. I didn't tell you this, did I? <laughs> He's one of our listeners in London. He's a Kiwi. He played along on the old Twitter thing that we did last week. He won. What was his name? Coincidentally, Andy McPherson. Andy? Big Andy. Big shout out. Hacker for Andy. There you go. Big Bit of a hacker for Andy. Um, and him and his mate came up. Uh, watched it Raw 4 honestly he's absolutely loving it he was absolutely made up he so bought amazing. me a drink that's how it should oh, be done wait a minute that's how wait it should no, that's how it should be Get done to the bottom of it now as a thank you he bought me a drink you see upstairs for thinking sunshine <laughs> that's how we get down uh, so Andy there you go mate hope you enjoyed the show your boy uh, prevailed um, in the uh, in the fight of the weekend of which we will get stuck into in a minute but like I said make sure that you are well up to date with uh, us on all social medias because there'll be more competitions this week to be at Liverpool show as well as obviously running a competition through our iTunes hopefully that's all explained at Fight Disciples on Facebook Twitter and Instagram now to the weekend right I'm just going to kick back now because Nick's going to go in on Terry O'Connor right that's what he's going to do um, the fight of the weekend was in my opinion very, very difficult to score. Yes. And the reason why I think it was very, very difficult to score is because neither man really did anything. We said on the show last week, didn't we? This has the potential to be one of the most boring heavyweight fights of all time. Yes. This is going to be a guy on the back foot pot shotting against the guy on the front foot being extremely aggressive, waiting to land that that huge explosive bomb. Nothing really happened in the fight. I anticipated at one point Huey Fury maybe to start engaging because he had the fight at range. I thought he started okay. His jab was okay. It fell short a few times, but it yep. was okay. Yeah, he was picking up rounds. He wasn't 
grabbing rounds, he was picking up rounds. Yeah. Mainly because of the lack of stuff landing from Josie Parker. Josie mm-hmm. Parker was constant. And I was impressed with his stamina, to be fair, because he yeah, was go- he went from uh, first bell right through to the last bell. He was constantly on it. But the quality of his to work... To throw that, them punches and miss, yeah. that takes energy. That yeah, takes absolutely. more energy than landing them. The quality of his work, for me, wasn't there. I thought Huey did catch him quite a few times coming in. I yeah. thought he, he was very evasive. Yeah. Too evasive, if I'm honest, mate. Because I think if you're going to become the heavyweight champion of the world... You've got to take the belt. You can't be awarded the belt. I agree. That that's where I am with it as well. You know, I'm 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 a staunch believer in like a lot of people say when a when a world title belt's on the line, the world title belt gets when you get in the ring, it gets taken off the champion, it gets put on the table next to the ring, and it's then vacant. As soon as that first bell starts, that belt is vacant. That's what in people's minds, it depends how you, how you see it. People say the belt there is vacant. Whoever wins the twelve rounds or whatever the contest may be, that person is deserving of the belt. I'm not of that ilk. I'm not of that school. I believe that the champion brings the belt into the ring, and you. As the challenger, have to take the belt off him. Yeah, that's my mentality. You've got to go and get that belt. You can't counter, you know, counter your way or just jab your way to a belt. You've got to go and get it. Go and get it off him. That's that's how I feel. And that, unfortunately, that's how I felt watching a fight with Huey Fury on, on Saturday night. I was like, when is Huey going to go and get it? When yeah. is he going to go after it? Yeah. Is he is he edging rounds or is he not edging rounds? Is it a masterclass? I don't know. It doesn't look like one. It, no one. There was no massively clear rounds. But what made it worse? There was there was no point where where Huey pulled the fucking trigger and went for it. You know what I mean? It was like go now, go now. Yeah. Like wh- what's he doing? What's he waiting for? It's like a card player with a full house all night, but never actually pulling the putting the cards on the table. Yeah, yeah. It's like at what point are you just gonna go? You know what? I'm going to stamp my authority on this fight now. I want to fucking go for it. He just never did it. Mm. And for me, that's why Parker come away with the belt. When it got to the end, I was like, Parker's got this. Even though, um, you know, obviously, probably at ringside, I don't know how you felt. You probably thought, oh, home decision. It's so close, it'll be a home decision. Do you know something? For the first time, I was sat behind your mate, Bunsy, right? Okay. Oh, he was Pricey, big Pricey was with him as well. One of they were doing some commentary so, for YouTube, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they were doing uh, the radio. So it was it was on Five Live. Five Live, yeah, yeah. So Costello and Bunsy were doing their thing. And yeah. Big Pricey, obviously, was there uh, as the pundit. He came over, he had a little bit of a crack, showing a bit of respect for the Fight Disciples. A lot of people obviously noted. Thanks, Pricey. Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> uh, but Bunsy, um, you know, obviously, I've been quite vocal about Bunsy on this show, saying that uh, some of the things that he does say that I totally disagree with. However... I was overhearing him because I was basically sat behind him. Yeah. And he was saying a lot of the things that were going on in my head. He actually scored it six apiece. And he thought that maybe he can see the aggress- the aggressor is in Josie Parker shading this with the judges. This yeah. is before the judges thing came out. The fight was over. He said, I've got this six apiece. Maybe a shared to Josie Parker. But Hubie Fury, exactly what you just said, didn't go and take the fight to him. Yeah. Does he deserve to be world champion off the back of that? Mm-hmm. And that's where I was at with it, if I'm honest, mate. I thought... That must have hurt. Agreement. Yeah, statements. well, it did a little bit. It did a little bit. <laughs> but there wasn't... 118-110 is a farce. On two occasions is an absolute farce. And I, de- I genuinely feel sorry for Hewitt and Team Parker. This is what I don't understand, though. It wasn't just one. It was two of the scoring judges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parker, 10 of the 12, 10 of the yeah. 12 rounds. And that- one of them being Terry O'Connor, the British judge. But we... on Listen. You've got a thought process on him as to why he's done that. Listen. I could dedicate... We should start maybe dedicating the Terry O'Connor rant just every fucking week. Yeah, yeah. Because you know this guy boils my blood. 
because of what well, a we're gonna get, uh, incompetent official we're gonna have is. A, we're going to have a word with our clothing logic. sponsor. Let's have a cl- where we are clothing people to get a Terry O'Connor is shite t-shirt. That's, yeah, what, exactly. that's, that's what yeah, we can yeah. get done. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, this is my theory on Terry O'Connor, yeah. And this is, prior to the event, Duco, uh, Joe Parker's management team and everything, they said, right, we're not having... We're not having Terry O'Connor as the judge because he's British, because we don't want a British judge. We want an impartial judge. And the British Boxing Board of Control and the WBO, they kind of went, well, you know, it's WBO went it's down to the British Boxing Board of Control. They're the ones licensed in the fight. British Boxing Board of Control said, we trust British officials to do world title fights, so we shouldn't really have to change. Anyway, they had this whole go backwards and forwards. I was on there going, listen, Duco, you don't want him in the fight, not because he's British, because he's fucking shit. You don't want him anywhere near the fight. However, when he got pulled as the referee and then made a judge, Duco didn't kick off. And that was fucking shrewd because they knew then he was under pressure as an incompetent official that he is. He's already been pulled from being the referee. So he's now under, pre- he knows Duco events are watching him. We didn't want you as the ref. We didn't want you associated with this. Yeah. He's under so much pressure now to put in a a, 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 a decision in his, in his scorecard that edges towards Joe Parker to make him look like he isn't bent, that he actually becomes bent, bent the other way. Yeah, yeah. So he scores it 10 rounds to two in favour of Joseph Parker. That was a sh- masterful move by Duco not to, ins- to allow him to judge that fight because he is an incompetent official, he is very poor, and he's... He's made up for the fact that they pulled him by slanting towards Joe Parker and ultimately Huey Fury's paid the price. To be honest, I'm more disappointed that Huey Fury, Mick Hennessy, maybe not Mick Hennessy because he doesn't really know much about boxing, but Peter Fury especially, real boxing people. I I'm, I can't believe they allowed him to be a judge mm. because they must have, as soon as he went, oh, he's not reffing it no more, he's just going to judge it. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You can't do that because he's going to go the other way now. I, I, it, it shocked me that they allowed him to be any... Listen, it shocks me they allowed Teddy O'Connor near any fucking boxing ring, never mind a world title fight of this magnitude. But listen, when that when the judges got... When the scores got read out, I knew one of them was going to be Teddy O'Connor massively towards Joe Parker. Mm. I knew it. But the fact is, Adam, again, to come back to it, not to just beat up on Teddy O'Connor, the Ameri- one of the American judges scored it 10-2 to two as well. <laughs> It was never a 10 to 2 round. Never. never, never. It was never a 10 to 2 fight. We're talking fight, about this say. again. It's like Canelo Triple G. That was never a 10 to 2 fight. No. But they we're talking about a guy in his own backyard getting 10 to 2s against. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. It's crazy. I feel for the kid because I don't think Parker did enough and I don't think Huey Fury did enough. Maybe, no. should, maybe they should both have lost. Maybe uh, should we take the belt off him and go, <laughs> no, neither of you deserve this. Well, listen, Tony Bell, you could have had that belt. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Pricey at ringside must have been absolutely gutted, right? Because if you think of the development, I know that we're pro-Pricey on this show, but if you think about the development of his career, he must have been sat there thinking, if I'd have got my shit together, I could have been in this and I could be heavyweight champion of the world. Yep. Well, if he'd have won that fight, remember when he uh, when he just looked exhausted from the out. But if he'd have won that fight, he'd have been in that fight. He'd have been in the mix. He'd have got this fight. So it must be. It must have been gut wrenching for him to watch it. I didn't listen to his commentary. Um, uh, he weekend, he swayed towards Huey. He said Huey yeah, yeah. seven five round one. Listen, I, I think at the end of the fight, I thought it's close. It's crap. I don't want to watch it again. Um, 
and both of them have got uh, Huey's very much similar got a, a style similar to Tyson in that you know he's, yeah absolutely it's so unorthodox skates around it, it's weird you know it, 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 it's horrible it's, if you're Joe Parker it's a horrible style to have to negate that's why afterwards I know Joe Parker's team was saying we're so glad we've got that mandatory out the way we can go and pick an opponent now someone that's going to bring out the best in Joe Parker yeah. nobody wants to fight Huey Fury nobody wants to fight Tyson Fury for the same reason they, they have that ability the difference for me is Tyson fought like that against Klitschko but was winning rounds against Klitschko was frustrating Klitschko but then landing flurries of shots Huey wasn't landing anything do you know what I mean he wasn't landing any flurries not flurries definitely not he was definitely landing a lot of uppercuts as Parker came in yeah but one shots that's it single shots man mm. it's just nothing it's like pot shots yeah yeah that, that was the frustrating thing I was like you caught him get him get him get him and it was just like skating away again I was like come on it's a real title fight go and fucking win it mm. that was the frustrating thing for me one thing that I will say about Josie Parker stand up guy mate he uh, invited us into his changing room afterwards, just chilling with the boys. Oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, Huey Fury did the same thing, but it was a little bit down in his... No own, shit. ...in there. Um, and to be fair, when Mick Hennessy was talking about... Um, well, Mick Hennessy was in the changing room saying, it's an absolute farce. There were shades of Ali in that performance, and I went, what the fuck well, were you watching? That, that was why earlier in the show I referenced Mick Hennessy and said, actually, people who know about boxing, because... For anyone to say Huey Fury was showing shades of Muhammad Ali in that performance is a fucking idiot as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it wasn't mm. anywhere close to that. But in the Parker dressing room, it was upbeat. Yeah, it was a lot, hey, There was a lot of uh, back and forth banter going on. And he asked for a selfie with me, didn't he? Mm. He didn't, actually. I asked for a I selfie. Was say, yeah. I asked for the selfie. And his manager said no. Parker said, hey, no, 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 no. Bring him over. Yes, Joseph. I'm in the team now. I'm learning the hacker, doing all sorts of stuff. I'm in the team, yeah. Class. Did you see um, the uh, the hacker that he's done with, uh, with Tyson? Tyson? He's been on the lash with Tyson, hasn't he? Was that after the fight, was he? Been enjoying themselves, haven't Amazing. they? Amazing. That's hilarious. Been enjoying That's themselves hilarious. as the boys. Tyson knocking about. Tyson's, Tyson's in good nick, isn't it? Tyson's in good nick. unit. Jesus. If you want to know what we're talking about, go on our social media. At Fight Disciples on Twitter, I put a little video on there of them in a hotel room uh, knocking out the hacker and... Tyson says five five stone, maybe ten, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. ten. He needs to uh, <laughs> he needs to be moving. I don't know. Um, regarding the YouTube pay per view stream, how did that go for you? Did you manage to? Because uh, I, I saw a few negative comments on the YouTube pay per view screen on uh, on social media, and the the word in house. I don't know how official this is, so I might be talking absolute bollocks. Uh, but the word in house at the arena was that they'd done three thousand. God, that's awful, isn't it? That's awful globally. Well, not 3,000, I'm guessing, in this geo, uh, geographical location. Uh, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't It wasn't great either, I've got to be honest with you. Some people are saying that it was it hard was, to buy it. It, it, it was, was hard to... Well, street. you had to register and everything, which which made it quite tricky. Um, and Because uh, a few people messaging me going, how the, how the hell do I get this to work? You've got to register, you've got to put your name in, you've got to put your details in and everything else. It was a bit of a, a pain. And then the next morning, my wife came down and was like... Why? What were you sitting there on the couch with the iPad in front of your face for, and you had stuff going on in the background and whatever else? And I was, like, she was like, "That's a smart TV. You could have just put YouTube on the telly." <laughs> you dork. And I was like, oh, "You're right, yeah." Your wife referred to you as a dork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is an amazing put down. I'm like sitting there with a with an iPad, and I've got the TV in the background and whatever else. And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. I could have got YouTube on there, but, but yeah, for, mine was a bit sticky. I've got to be honest." Um, the commentary, more more the commentary than anything else. I couldn't really hear the commentary. It was on it. So I had the sound off. I couldn't hear it. I don't know who it was. I had the sound off because um, I had the TV on. There was the stuff going on. Because the, the Box Nation stuff. guys were there, you know. 
Barry really? Jones, yeah, Barry Jones was there. There was a few other dudes that were there, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe have they asked them to come and commentate on it? But it wasn't on Box Nation. It, it was weird because the Box Nation guys and Frank Warren seemed, seemed to be like supporting it, and they were pushing it and stuff. And I was like, why is this even happening on YouTube? Why is it not on Box Nation? Box Nation. You know, mm. uh, I know Box Nation, of course, had some MMA on the weekend. They had some Russian MMA, which I had on in the background. But, you know, there was a BT Sport platform there and everything else. It was weird. Uh, I, I'd be interested to see what the gross numbers were globally. Yeah. Just as a platform, just to know whether this is a future for Something boxing, viable, as we touched yeah. on last week. Mm. Um, but I also know a few people that watched it on uh, Cody streams and stuff like that so I don't think they'll ever get a true representation of, of what it put out there just a final one on this um, the noises in the changing room when I was hanging out with the boys uh, was that uh, they want the winner of Hair Bellew I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prediction I'm going to go right out there right here we go I don't think Hair Bellew 2 is going to happen no. Hair's gone public last week and the reason why he's gone public last week is because he knows full well that Bellew's probably in the driving seat for a fight with Josie Parker yeah He's gone public to make that noise, to get the fans revved up, to make the demand for it. Yes. Tony Bell, you said nothing. Tony Bell, you just kind of, he's done a little bit on social media, but he's kept himself to himself. He just said, I'll speak soon. Kept himself to himself. I'm telling you now, right? Bell, you's a shrewd cookie. Bell, you's not interested in David Hay, unless it's mega, mega money, yeah. right? He's looking at that Joseph Parker, it's a legacy fight. There's an opportunity there yep. to become the WBO heavyweight champion of the First world. First Scouse heavyweight in history. There's an opportunity there, right? And let's be honest, it, it will be a gun show. Who knows? Whoever lands first goes over in that fight. Joseph Parker's a big boy. He's mm-hmm. massive. And he can hit and he's fast. Yeah. Tony Bell, you can hit. We know that. We've, yep. he, he's proven that in the past. And it will be a gun show. It might last three rounds. But there's an opportunity there for Tony Bell to become a heavyweight champion of the world. And I think if, if Eddie Hearn's sharp this week... He'll be on to Joseph Parker's boys because they're up for it. They were talking about it in the changing room. Yeah, He wants to fight in December. He's, he's basing himself now here in the UK to make that dollar. Let's do it. Let's get in there. Let's make that fight happen. I reckon Eddie Earns making that call. So I'm going to make a prediction. Hey, Bell, you <clears throat> two will not happen. Yep. You will see Parker Bell, so. before the end of the year. I hope so. I haven't spo- Listen, I haven't spoken to Tony about it. He's having some, uh, some family time at the moment, so I didn't want to disturb him with it. But uh, I know that the, the Hey fight, Obviously, makes financial sense. The Parker fight makes legacy sense. You know, the first no, you'll get weighed in for that as well. No, oh yeah, it'd be a decent payday. And obviously, what Tony Bellew brings is the Sky Sports box office. Yeah. You know, he's a box office fighter, and that's what Joseph Parker needs. He needs to attract the attention of Anthony Joshua and the Deontay Wilders of this world. And the way to do that is in a big pay per view event uh, here in the UK. So, for me, it's the fight that makes most sense for all parties. However. Financially, you know, Bellew's already said he's only got two more fights probably left in the game. The way I look at it, though, is either fight works either way. He goes and beats David Hay a second time. Joe Parker's there in the new year. He beats Joe Parker in, in December. Then the David Hay fights there in the new year. Because David Hay ain't going to get a world title sh- shot anywhere else. So if, if, if Tony Bellew goes and wins the WBO belt... Then for me, goes in for a David Hayden renegotiation in an even stronger position because he's the champion of the world now. So now instead of giving David Hay, you know, they talked about it being 60-40 the other way. It's probably more 50-50, hence the, you know, the David Hay having talks with, with Eddie Hayne the other week and all that kind of stuff. Because Hay, whether you like it or not, you know, whether you, finish, whether you believe he's finished or not, is still a bigger personality than Tony Bellew. So he puts more bums on seats, attracts more eyeballs. But I think if they, if Tony Bellew goes and fights Joe Parker and were to beat Joe Parker, 
I think we start the new year into negotiations with David Hay, and he, he holds all the marbles. Then he owns all. He can Tony Bellew can then basically make David Hay jump through hoops to fight him. Whereas at the moment, I think it, even though he's got the win, I think it's kind of a 50-50 plateau to stand on. I would love to see that fight happen. As a scouser, I would and a friend of Tony Bellew, I would love to see Tony Bellew fight Joseph Parker and have the opportunity I'm not saying he would win but have the opportunity to go down in history as the greatest boxer Liverpool has ever produced for me it would overtake John Conte it would overtake Paul Hodgkinson it would overtake Nell Tarleton all these legends from the 40s 50s 30s Tony Bell you would become the number one and that would be phenomenal for it to happen in my lifetime You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast Now over in Los Angeles at the weekend Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Have you never been to Los Angeles? I've never been to Los Angeles. It's a lovely place. Is it near Los Angeles? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's in California. Um, over there at the weekend, Luke Campbell, who was on our show last week. We had a little bit of a chat with Luke Campbell. Yep. He was in good spirits. He was very, very confident and gave away absolutely nothing what was going on in his personal and private life, of which we will get to in a minute. But he took on uh, a man that we have categorically said is in the top five, definitely top ten, for some of us, top five uh, pound-for-pound fighters on the planet in Jorge mm-hmm. Linares. Um, and we said that it was an uphill task. I don't think either of us genuinely believed that Luke would go out there and win. No. However, he comes away with an awful amount of kudos, doesn't he? You look at the way that he um, approached that fight, the way he recovered in the fight, the way that he's obviously dealt with all the things that are going on outside of the ring in order to get himself to the fight. And you think to yourself, you're serious, mate. You are a serious, serious contender. Yes, this time you've come up short. Yes, this time you've come up against one of the pound-for-pound best. But I'll tell you something, within 12 months, I'm willing to put it on the line that this lad will be the lightweight champion of the world. Yeah, I agree. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal on Saturday night and I was so glad I stayed up to watch it live because two rounds in, you know, he gets dropped in the second round. You know, he he cleared his head straight away, but it was a good shot he got dropped with. You know, it was a proper knockdown. He went back towards the corner and I, I went on social media and I was like, Fear confirmed. You know, it's all, you know he's too much too soon for Luke Campbell, and because at that point in time, Linares had skated through the first two rounds, looked phenomenal, dropped Luke hard at the end of the second, and was coming out full of confidence in the third round. You could see Eddie's face at ringside had just turned a, a, a you know a, a colour of pale shite, and he, his bottle had gone. But I think most fight fans have gone fuck. We feared this might happen. But I'll tell you what, whatever, Balls Ru- steel, whatever Rubio said in the corner or whatever, Luke Campbell turned that fight on its head. Turned it on its head. I thought he was phenomenal in the middle rounds. I thought he boxed absolutely brilliant. Whether Linares took his foot off the gas because he, he has the done in the past. Done. He has yeah, done. He thought the fight was in the bag. I don't know. But listen, Oscar De La Hoya went from like a little smiling schoolgirl to looking really concerned towards the late rounds. You know, and, and going into the, uh, sorry, at the end of the 10th round, I was like, fuck it, man. Whoever wins this mm. has won this fight. Now, I was watching the fight at home and I had Sky Sports commentary on. And I, I'll be honest, I thought the Sky commentary was very biased towards Linares. Got to the, you know, round nine, round 10, they were going, yeah, you know, one, still one of the best pound for pound. And, you know, Luke, that knockdown. And, and I was like, come on, guys, fucking hell. Like, Luke's bagged rounds here. He's, he's back in this fight. We've got two to go. And whoever wins these two rounds wins this fight for me. I really genuinely thought whoever won the championship rounds, for me, wins the fight. Yeah. Unfortunately, 
Linares, as he has a habit of doing, yeah. comes back to life. He did that against Crawler. Yeah, exactly. Crawler yeah. got himself back in that fight, didn't he? In the first one, especially. Second yeah. one, okay, maybe not so. But the first one, he got himself back in it, and then Crawler put his foot down. Uh, yeah, sorry, Linares. Uh, Linares put his foot down. And that's exactly and I said what at that time, didn't I? Campbell, oh, my yeah. God, I didn't know he could do that. Yeah, yeah. And he did it exactly to Luke Campbell. Exactly, exactly the same. I thought he had a big six minutes to finish the fight. But listen, Luke Campbell, to come through, to produce that performance, under the circumstances he went into the fight with as well, hmm. Absolutely hats off, man. That guy is world class. Absolutely world class. No, it's good to see as well, isn't it? Because we big these fighters up, Olympic champions, and we think to himself, oh, will they compete at this particular level? And it's just really nice to see yep. a kid do that. And no one give him a chance. You know, even on, I, watched, I didn't. I watched the Sky, I said he'd get the Sky Sports and put a story out the day of the fight, and it was a feed, and he spoke to about a dozen fighters, and there was only one fighter that gave him a chance, and that was Denny Matthews. Denny Matthews actually said, you know what? I'm a student. Obviously, he's a coach now. Yeah. I know what Linares is all about, but I'm telling you now, Luke Campbell has the ability to outbox him. And Denny was right. For large periods of the fight, he did outbox him. Mm. I thought it was a phenomenal performance. And as you say, to be out there, to be in camp, and know that his, his dad, who, who had struggled with cancer anyway, and had passed Long away. Long period of time. Yeah, he passed away. They'd obviously had that conversation, Luke and his dad, I would have thought, or, and his family, saying, listen, if anything happens when I'm away in camp, yeah, it can't derail what what, what his lifetime achieve, goal is. What is what his dad has obviously supported him right through. But I tell you what, you know, I, I'm not a religious person or anything else. But if you believe in all that, you better believe that his dad was looking down with a big smile on his face on Saturday night. No, absolutely. What next then for Luke? Right, because that lightweight division is a little bit messy at yeah. this moment in time because everybody wants to see. Garcia Linares, right? Yeah. That's what everybody wants to see. Now, there's some other kids knocking about, one particularly in Manchester, who we talk about on every show, who can't seem to get a fight. Mm-hmm. There's a fight there now waiting for you. If you want to see some yeah. Southpaws going at it, let's do it, Terry Flanagan. But you know what? The problem is that because Terry's with Warren and <laughs> and Luke is with Eddie Hearn, it's, it's unlikely to ever happen unless Luke were to become suddenly ranked number one by the WBO and then it'd be into pace bids. I think there's more chance of Luke fighting the winner of Crawler versus Burns in a couple of weeks' time yeah. because they're all tied to Eddie Hearn. I think that whoever wins that fight would go straight into a potential world title eliminator, final eliminator with Luke. But I think what Luke Campbell proved at the weekend is that he's top five lightweight on the planet categorically he's right up there now and whatever opportunities comes his way he's just got to jump at you know it's uh there's other world champions around like uh it's Salido yeah and uh Robert Easter yeah now, these are fights that he's really got to try and push for now because he's introduced himself now to the American audience there's not a single fight fan in America that hasn't watched that and gone wow he's all right these two are brilliant who can these guys fight next and uh, I think a fight with Robert Easter would make perfect sense you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, the Champions League of Boxing got going at the weekend, didn't it? Well, I say it got going at the weekend. It's been going for a couple of weeks now. We've had some fantastic efforts, um, obviously, with Usyk in the first week. Sensational performance from him. We saw Callum Smith on our own shows do his thing against Eric Scogland. And at the weekend, I'd say something, there's a Cuban that I'm putting my money on, mate, in that, uh, in that cruiserweight division. If he's not the man in the final against Usyk, there's something, there's something going on, right? I know that we've got a fight this weekend which uh, has got Mike Perez involved in. Um, and then the winner of that will go on to face Usyk. We'll get our first semi-final draw in that cruiserweight division. But I'm telling you now, right? Doric Koss at the weekend was absolutely unreal. Everybody kept telling me, oh, keep an eye out for the Russian hammer. Keep an eye out for the Russian hammer. This guy can whack Kudryashov. 
He can whack this kid. He can, oh, he's the main man. He's the dark horse. Well, I'll tell you something. He ain't the dark. He's bumming. He looked like a drunk pirate. He's the, he's the sleeping horse now. Mate, he that. looked like a drunk pirate trying to get off the deck. He was hit with an absolute train, wasn't he? What a punch that is. Yeah, that was uh, that was some shot. That was a weird... I, I, again, you know, I stayed up and I watched that fight live as well. Thank you to ITV Box Office. We give ITV shit all the time on this show, but thank you for those guys at they ITV see, Box see, Office. They, it was free. It mate, was free. They seem to have got it going. Yeah, yeah. They finally, seem to have got yeah. their shit together. It's on the it's third on, weekend. It's on the world's <laughs> most remote channel. It's on the very last channel on your Sky Planet when you go to sports. Just before the filth. You go right... <laughs> just yeah. before the filth. Just before One the before babe station. station. <laughs> so it's easy. You just yeah. go, favourites, cliff by. <laughs> it's easy to get to. Don't get me wrong. But but yeah, it was out there because I was... People going, where's the fight on? Were you watching it, Nick? And I was like, Sky ITV box office. Oh, I'm not paying for that. No, no. That's just the name of the channel. Yeah, yeah. It's free. Fucking hell. Just put it on ITV4 for Christ's sake. But anyway... It was uh, it was great to watch it live. Uh, I, I, it, it was it was cool, kind of being at the World Boxing Super Series the week before here in Liverpool, and then seeing it a week later in San Antonio, Texas, with all like the same people, the same bells and whistles and everything yeah. else. I was like, fucking hell! They've obviously threw all that gear onto a plane and shot over there and set it all up. And it's nice that they're bringing exactly the same feel to each event. It does make it feel like a like a Champions League of boxing, you know. But uh, but in the fight itself, I, obviously we knew it was going to be a gun show we knew it wasn't going to go wasn't going to go very far what we didn't know is the fact that Kudryshov a big punching monster the Russian hammer is raw as fuck he's basically just the doesn't defend just the guy that walks forward throwing bombs and then you had Dortokas 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 Cuban School to fuck. Absolutely. Tidy little boxer. Well, this is where I'm at. Punching shots right through the middle. Well, mate, this is where I'm at now with Luis Ortiz. Having watched him at the yeah, weekend, the Cuban, yeah. I'm thinking, hey, up. Yeah. Luis Ortiz might do this. Dorticus didn't look in the world's greatest shape. He's not the fastest puncher in the world either, I thought. To be honest, I thought both of them were a bit laborish. Yeah, yeah. I was like, fucking hell, these two aren't exactly swift. Because every time I watch cruisers like this, I'm like, Okay, where would my mate fit in here? You know, how would my mate get on? I was thinking, Tony Bell, you moves a lot quicker and throws up punches a lot faster. I think you've got to compare everybody to Usyk. Usyk's well, like a bloody fucking Usyk's super like middle, a machine isn't it? gun. You know yeah. what I mean? So you watch these guys, and I'm like, Phew. like first round, I was like, oh man, Usyk's going to steam these two. But then you see Dortkus land one shot, and you're like, fuck, he's got the equalizer. That's like <laughs> put you to kip power. Now again, Kudryshov for me was very raw. Very raw, you know, a proper brawler who just gets in there and unloads massive shots. But the uh, he just to be to get caught with that shot so early on, the manner in which he did it, you know, Kudashov overreaching, leaving his chin open. I was like, fucking hell, the Cuban's gonna nail him, and he did. He absolutely nailed him. But you know what? This world boxing super series, what's that now? Week three, yeah, week. Everyone's three. been a banger. <laughs> I'm loving it, man. I am loving the Champions League of Boxing, Muhammad Ali Trophy, Saul and Brothers, man. I'm digging it. I'm Uh, I'm into it. Well, this weekend, uh, the cruiserweights do continue because we've got uh, Bredis against Mike Perez. Yep. That should be an absolute crackerjack as well. Yeah, but the bad thing is, Dorticus was the number four ranked. I tweeted that the weekend. I was like, just remember, everyone, this guy's the fourth best in this tournament. Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck is to come? I like Breedus. I'm a big fan of Breedus. I, mm. I like him as... Uh, but I think a that's Good a opportunity for Mike Perez. A massive opportunity for Mike Perez, you know? Massive opportunity. Mm. I think it's a cracking fight. Mm. There you go. Um, we'll uh, keep you up to date with that on our social media over the weekend. I'm led to believe that's also on ITV box office channel this weekend. Free, though. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah. That's next week when uh, Eubank and uh, your George Groves and your Jamie Cox it. are getting stuck into all, all types of stuff. But... 
It's not letting us down. Those men events are not letting us down. Usyk was mint. Callum yeah. Smith was mint. Now you've got this at the weekend with uh, Dodgkith, who was absolutely mint. I'm guessing that this, this weekend's going to be mint. It's yeah. good, man. I'm, I'm enjoying it, really enjoying it. Really? And I'm not surprised now the amount of fighters who aren't in these weight classes who are saying, I hope they come to my weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think as fans, we're buying into it. But I think as fighters, like I think the boxers themselves are going, fucking fancy this. There's a few quid in it. It looks the part, and every fight delivers. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. One lad that has said that he would love uh, the World Boxing Super Series to come to his weight category is uh, Carl the Jackal Frampton, who's been in the news quite a lot over mm-hmm. the last uh, uh, week or so, um, because we've said that he's teamed up with Jamie Moore. He signed a deal with uh, Macklin. Yeah. Oh, oh, the NTK, sorry, yeah. With Macklin. And then he announces his promoter in his Sunday column. I love that. That's very sophisticated. Having a Sunday newspaper column, isn't it? Uh, Very old school. It is very old school. (laughs) Uh, 1974. But he's he's announced that he's gone with Frank. Now, it got a little bit of Twitter backlash, I'll be honest with you. Loads of people giving it a lot of abuse. Oh, why have you gone with Frank? Why have you not gone with Eddie? Now, listen. My opinion is very, very simple. Carl Frampton doesn't need promoting. Me and you could rock up, mate. You know yep. what I mean? We could donk him we offered- shit. Yeah, we did offer him, right? <laughs> we could, yeah, but we don't have the cash to be able to buy who he needs to buy. And that's the whole point. Carl Frampton, you stick his name on the top of a poster, yep. he will sell out the Odyssey. He will sell out Windsor Park on his own. He's just one of those guys. It's like a, a Conor McGregor vibe. He will f- he will sell the tickets on yep. his own. You he's, don't need a promoter. He's a unique human being because not many boxers or not many sportsmen in history have unified that city and have been able to get both sides of that city to come together. But Carl Frampton does that. Yep. He brings both sides of that city together in, in unison and that's a very rare thing. So with that in mind, he doesn't need a promoter. No. What he needs is somebody willing to put their hand in the back pocket yep. to buy <clears> an opponent. Absolutely, to buy an opponent to come over to Belfast because let's be honest the lad is unbelievably talented multi-weight world champion wants to be a three-weight world champion to get people to come to Belfast is going to be very very difficult one it's a raucous crowd two he's an unbelievable fighter why would you take those risks if you are an elite level world champion to come and fight a, a former elite level world champion so therefore, you've got to have someone with deep pockets to say, "Er, Leo Santa Cruz, the ten million here, sunshine, or whoever it may be that they are targeting." Now, traditionally, we've said on this show that Eddie doesn't necessarily do that. He's business first. Let's be honest; he is business first, and he's very good at it. He puts on great shows. He makes a few quid, and that's why the match room and Sky Bandwagon rolls on week after week. Frank, however, traditionally has said that he will put his hand in his pocket to get certain people over for his fighters to fight. Yep. And I'm guessing that that is the crux of this deal. Frank has said to him, said, listen, what do you want, son? Carl's turned around and said, I want to fight in Belfast and I want to fight Windsor Park. He said to us on the show as Carl, hasn't he, that he That's hasn't he got that many left in him and, yep. he, and he wants to do those before he finishes and he would love to be a three-way world champion. Yep. That's going to cost money to get someone over in order to sell your yeah, 50, 60, 70,000 tickets in a Windsor Park, right? Frank's obviously turned around to him and said, right, okay, then I'll front the cash for that. Let's see where we go. And they've got a platform on Box Nation and on BT Sport in order to put him on there. Yep. Um, so for me, I think it makes quite decent business sense from Carl Frampton's point of view. Do you not? I, I agree, yeah. I certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't say for a second that going with Frank's a bad move because it isn't. Uh, I think the platform's there. I think he moves over now to BT Sport and to Box Nation, which, are, don't forget, they've got double the social media, if you like, of double the platform, if you like, of, of just Eddie, Eddie and Sky. They've got two channels to push this through and promote this stuff through. So. And the pay-per-view platform on Box Nation, if they want to use it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I think... Uh, 
for for me, he's gone with the best deal that's been put on the table, and and that's something Frank has done over the years for many years has put the best one-off deals on the table. They'll have sat down and mapped out what they're going to do for the next three fights till the end of Frampton's career, and he's probably done the same. Probably did the same thing with Eddie Hearn, and Eddie said, "We'll do this, we'll do that," and he's gone. You know what? What Frank's offering, what Frank can put on the table for me, makes more sense at this stage in my career than anything else, and that's obviously why he's gone in that direction. But one person. Well, I was thinking, obviously, the three-weight world champion thing. I think Leo Santa Cruz, for me, has kind of gone on a different path now. I think him and Frampton have kind of gone in different directions. I don't know whether we're going to see the third fight, certainly not any time soon. But you know what we might see? Selby. Nope. Not Selby? Nope. Well, I want Selby, but go on, who are you thinking? He's been here before, on a Frank show. Came over, def- defended his world title in London. You're thinking Javonta Davis. I'm thinking Javonta Davis, baby. I'm thinking Javonta Davis. At 130? At 130 for the super featherweight belt. Carl spoke about it previously. He said I'd quite happily go up and win a a third world title at a third weight division. Wouldn't surprise me. The relationship's there with Mayweather Promotions and Frank Warren. He's been over to the UK before. He'll happily go to Belfast. He's he's cocky and confident as anything as Javonta Davis. He'll go to Belfast. He ain't afraid of of Windsor Park. Especially where there's talk of getting Conor McGregor ringside with Floyd Mayweather. Come on, Adam. Don't tell me you haven't thought about it. Cheddar, cheddar, ching, ching. It's all about the money, isn't it? It's Makes all about sense. the money. Mm. Makes sense. Mm. Speaking about um, uh, promotional deals, we speak about this on our show tomorrow on our Radio City Talk show. Make sure you get stuck into it because we're going to be previewing everything that's happening this weekend in Liverpool on the Matchroom car. But Derek Tuzor is turning up on that because he's done a promotional deal with uh, with Matchroom. And uh, as you will no doubt go into on tomorrow's show, Nicholas, <coughs> it's all because you want to see Dillian White part two. Of course it is. That's the only point. Otherwise, why would Eddie sign him? There's absolutely no point for Eddie Hearn signing Derek Chisora except for one reason alone, and that is to make Dillian White part two. Mm. We all want to see it. We all demand it. That's the only fight that makes sense. Yeah. We don't want to see Dillian White fight Joe Parker. We don't want to see Derek Chisora go and fight anybody else. That's the only fight we want to see. As fight fans, it was brilliant last December. Let's do it again this December. Let's do it. Uh, November the 11th, by the way, we're going to see Josh Taylor back out against Miguel Vasquez. What an unbelievable fight. And I'll tell you something, Barry McGuigan must have some serious confidence in his boy. Normally what you get when you get someone like that mm-hmm. uh, with the talent of Josh Taylor, you get him protected a little bit, don't you? Yeah. You get a little bit of padding. You get a little bit of, oh, okay, of we're going to roll this kid out again. But free to air platform, Channel 5, November the 11th, you're going to see Josh Taylor against Miguel Vasquez. That is serious, mate. If he comes through that, where does he go then? Exactly. That's the that's the frightening thing, isn't it? You know, then it's, you know, you've got to let him. You've got to go. Well, world title. It has yeah, to be yeah, a world title you, next. You've got to completely let him off the leash then, of course. Yeah, but it just shows, as you say, it shows the confidence that they've got in him. And his ability. And, you know, we're massive Come fans. Come on, he's of, good. We're he massive is good. fans of Josh Taylor. He proved it against O'Hara Davis that he's the cream rose to the top that night and he's proved that he's one of the best in the world. But listen, that super lightweight division is a frightening division. Don't forget, you mm. know, Terence Crawford's floating around in there and Dongo's a massive puncher. It's scary once you start looking above. I think Josh Taylor's probably ranked about number 15 in the world right now, maybe. Mm. When you start looking above and at some of the names, some of the frightening operators that are in that division, Mikey Garcia's and people like that, you know, even the Adrian Broner, even though he's a bit of a plant pot, there's some massive fights. There's only one way to go in that, and that's that's big, big time, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Badu Jack has vacated his uh, WBA light heavyweight uh, championship belt, which I'm, well, 
I was surprised about it when I heard it, but then I've read into it and it was part of the terms. It was part of the terms with Cleverly that he would win the belt and then vacate. Uh, Bivol versus Broadhurst is being sanctioned for uh, November the 4th. Where does this leave Badu Jack? Where does he go next? I, d- I don't understand that at all. No. So he, he made an agreement with the WBA that he, he would fight Cleverly, but he would give the belt up straight If he after. won it, he would vacate it straight away. That makes absolutely fucking zero sense. What, what, I don't understand how the WBA benefit from that at all. So WBA have basically it can only be the WBA that have enforced it. Yeah, you're you're not the leading contender, so you can fight our champion, but then you've got to give it up because our two leading contenders need to fight for the vacant belt. What the fuck does that do to the belt? Do you know what I mean? It's like you beat the champion, you well, should be the champion. The reason for this is because I think they they knew somewhere down the line. That we'll get on to Andre Ward in a minute. Yeah. Because they've got all these they've got these ridiculous belts, haven't they? They've got regular belts, they've this got super the belts. Yeah, yeah. So now Andre Ward has retired. Yeah. That belt is vacant uh, vacant. The super belt. Yeah. And then you've got the regular belt which is vacant. So they're scrapping it. They're only having one. Thank goodness. Right. So you're gonna have one belt. Bivol versus Broadhurst will be the WBA light heavyweight champion. So why strip the champion then? Why strip the guy that won the belt? Because it wasn't the belt. It wasn't Listen, the man, super I'm belt. just reporting what I've been told. Fucking I don't WBA, know the answer. Man. Yeah, it is a bit mad. Especially Badu Jack, because you'd you think he's, he's a bigger champion. name. Yeah, he's yeah. a big name to have. Yeah. Anyway, he's vacated. He's no longer the light heavyweight champion. Expect a new one to be crowned on November the 4th. We mentioned Andre Ward's name there, and I'll tell you something, Andre Ward. You know, I might have said... I know you've got a lot of love for Andre Ward, haven't you? Now I have. You know what I mean? Now, me and Andre, we are tight as they come, yeah? Sometimes (laughs) in the past, I might have maybe said, oh, maybe it's not as exciting as it should be. If you don't appreciate Andre Ward, you don't appreciate boxing. That's where I'm at right at this moment in time. <laughs> you fucking changed your tune now. If you don't you? appreciate the son of God, then you don't appreciate anything. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so easily turned. I am easily turned. That's mainly because we've been having a little bit of uh, an Instagram back and forth, me and the son of God. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I put a little message out there and he responded. We've been DMing. We're all tight as they come. He's coming on the show. <laughs> yes, Andre. <laughs> Loving Andre I mean, Ward. Yeah, I mean, I'm easily, easily led. <laughs> Man. What a career though, mate. Yeah, again, phenomenal career. You know, you look, he's 32 and 0, as you say, as you said on that tweet, which he loved, came in, collected all the belts. Cleared off. Got off. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, I hope he does stay out because it'll just be such a lovely little fairy tale. So often these guys can't stay away. That's the problem. I think he can. Back. I think he can. He's still a relatively young guy, though, isn't he? I don't think I he know gives he's, a shit. He struggled with injuries and everything else, but he is still a relatively young guy, and that makes me think that should a big fight present itself, he may well come back yet. He may well come back into boxing. But right here, right now, his career, 32 and 0, phenomenal. Really rubber stamped his dominance in the light heavyweight division against Kovalev. Obviously, winning the world boxing, super, uh, the Super Six, proved that he was the best super middleweight on the planet. Dominated two entire weight divisions during his reign. We'll go into the Hall of Fame. Easy. The problem I've got with Andre Ward, yeah. Whoa, don't you dare slag my new mate off. <laughs> this is the problem. Is Andre Ward anyone's favourite fighter? No. No, that's honest. That, 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 that. And this is where I was at previously. No one is, there's no one out there who goes, oh, who's your favourite fighter this year? <sighs> no question, Andre Ward. No one ever says that. Mm. No one, we all pay respect. We all go pound for pound. Oh, he's, he's right in the pound for pound list. He's right in there. He's right in there. Could even be number one. Oh, yeah, he's phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Andre Ward's fighting the weekend. Oh, okay. He's no one's... He's not like me and Lomachenko. You know what I mean? He's not like you and... You know what I mean? He's not like a... 
a fighter that you think, oh, I love everything about him. I've got to follow him on social media. I've got to f- do everything he does. He's 24-7 show. I've got to record that. I'm going to watch it again. I do now. Yeah, you do now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think with Andre Ward, you know what I mean? No one's He's no one's favourite fighter. And I think that will be like the asterisk next to his yeah. career. He will never go down as one of the all-time greats because of the way he fights. He's a brilliant boxer. But this is an entertainment business. This is show business at the end of the day. And he's got more business than he's got show. There you go. You can have that one. Ah, See what I did there? Yeah, nice. See what I did there? Nice. I I just want... Unfortunately, it's been a phenomenal career. A phenomenal career. You know, but... He just hasn't got that... Je ne sais quoi. Has he? He just hasn't got that. Well, I don't think. I think it's he is an elite boxer. Unbelievable! I think unbelievable. It's, listen, boxer. it's because we we like people that engage. That's yeah. what we like. We like to see. Is there an opportunity where someone's going to stand in the middle of the ring and go toe to toe and bit of rock and sock and robots? That's what we like, isn't it? Yeah. He ain't going to do that. Why would he? Do no, that? He look isn't. at him. He's a good-looking man because he's never been whacked on the mush. It's very similar to Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, he hasn't been whacked. But Floyd had that. Uh, Floyd's obviously got something. You know. Early in his career, Floyd was a different fighter than he was later in his yeah, career. Okay. Whereas Andre Ward has always been a very accomplished, very tidy, very controlled boxer. And as a purist, I appreciate that. I get it. I get it. But I ain't rushing out to buy an Andre Ward t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Okay, there you go. Andre, I still love you, mate. Thank you very much uh, for uh, going back and forth. One man that you definitely do love, Jet LaMotta. Ah. Oh. Eh? God bless him. 95 years of age. Stayed on his feet for 95 years, man. Yeah. This is the epitome of the warrior in the ring. And not only that, and going back to what you just said about Andre Ward, comparing that style to uh, Jake LaMotta's style, this this is where love comes from. Because people will look at a Jake LaMotta style and say, it's a spirit, it's a heart thing. I think people buy into spirit and heart and desire maybe more than skill set. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because the skill set is alien. He's come from a different planet as yeah, Andre yeah. Ward. He's, he's like, yeah. oh, I can't relate to that. Of course. But the guy there, that Jake LaMotta guy, the guy that just won't go down, the never-say-die attitude, you, people can relate to that because at some point in your life, you've been asked those questions of yourself and some people have spewed it. Some people have gone on and tried to, I don't know, maybe complete a marathon or whatever it may be. Yeah. Jake LaMotta had that in abundance, mate. Yeah, he did, yeah. And that's, as you say, that's kind of the difference. That was the crazy thing. Um, when you look at their careers in the grand scheme of things, Jake LaMotta will be more popular yeah. than than an Andre Ward, which is crazy, really. Looking at what Andre Ward did. Undefeated, multiweight world champion then, compared to a geezer that's had but, over 100 fights. But then we're talking about a guy with a, you know, an iconic life. Yeah. You know, hence the reason why Scor- film, Scorsese made a movie about it with Robert De Niro, you know, yeah. and... Uh, you know, six wives, six fights with Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, of yeah, course. Yeah, the, yeah. the first guy to beat Sugar Ray Robinson. Um, Only beating once, though, in them six, didn't well, he? Yeah, Well, exactly. you know what I mean? Who gives a shit? Who's, who's counting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's the, the more, it's been a nice week in terms of hearing people's stories about, it's been about great. Jake LaMotta. And it's been well. all over like, the radio as well. It's, it's been, been fantastic. It's been everywhere. Everyone's been talking about it because everyone seemed to have had this. The beauty of him lasting so long and living to such a, you know, and this is a guy who had over a hundred, mostly wars. Yeah. 
and he's lived to the age of 95, you know, and he drank and he smoked and he, you know. Did stand-up comedy. You've oh, got to be yeah, switched he, on for that of shit. Of course. He, he never missed a beat. And I, he was in Liverpool in 2007. And I, I've seen your I spent some time I've with him in Liverpool. I've seen your picture. Yeah, yeah, put it on social media. And, uh, I'm I was surprised you've not come in today with your cowboy hat on. Uh, Miss Stetson. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky enough to uh, to sit on a top table with him back in 2007 and I had some had the opportunity to have a, a quiet chat and we were doing like a Q&A. I was hosting a Q&A with fans in Liverpool and stuff like that. And he was sharp as a tack, man. He never missed a beat. Funny as anything, obviously. Uh, the butt of most of his jokes of his six wives, yeah. uh, the six previous wives. Uh, obviously... All younger than him. Come from a different world, <laughs> didn't he? Come from... Come from the Bronx back in the 40s, the 30s. It was a different world then in terms of men and women and their place in the world. And he was very much old school in that regard, you know. But uh, in terms of being a character and what he brought to boxing and, and just his career itself, you know, with the ups and downs, you know. This is a guy that admitted in the aftermath, he threw a fight for the mob. He, he went down for the mob. He threw a fight. He got no a world one, title off the back No, of it. and it was the only way we'd get a world title. But that world title didn't come until like... A year later, was it? Two or three years later. Was it? I yeah, it was, it was crazy. Mm. But that was the way boxing was then. It was controlled by the mob, you know, in, in New York. So, um, completely throwback. But it was, uh, I, again, it was a pleasure to be in his company that one time. He was uh, an amazing figure. And, uh, you know... Th- this is the thing with, with sport these days. There's so much money in sport. There's so much pressure on athletes to deliver at the highest level that we, we're losing these characters. You know, there's not as many characters in sport anymore. There's far more in fight sports than there are in football, which is why me and you, yeah. as British journalists and, and, and TV and whatever else, we, we gravitate towards fight sports because there's real people there, yeah. real stories, real personalities. You don't get that in football anymore. And even in boxing, you know, it, it, the, the diminishing. Because these guys, to be the best in the world right now, like Andre Ward, you can't do anything else. You can't have a fucking mad lifestyle. You can't do, you've got to live your life like a monk to achieve what he's achieved. There's no background there. The days when Lamotta was around and stuff like that, these guys were renegades, weren't they? They were completely and utterly cut from a different cloth. And that's why I think he had such a massive fan base. You touched on it there. People can relate, but not so much relate, but also, like, what some of these boxers do you think? It's like a different planet. They're not the same species as me. But Lamotta, he goes to the well. He got, The way he dug out fights and how tough he was and everything else, you can relate to it, but more than anything, you can appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Because you can appreciate how hard he's had to work in his life to achieve what he has. Mm. Phenomenal career. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now, this is hot off the press. Um, coming up, hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we will be announcing our brand spanking new clothing deal. Uh, when I say clothing deal, new clothing range. I was going to say the deal. We've already announced the deal. The deal's sitting here, done. We're sitting here decked out in fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke gear for Christ's pa- sake. Mate, I've just got out of bed with my pyjamas. <laughs> my Luke pyjamas. Um, if you want to uh, get a discount on uh, our new clothing partner, Luke uh, Designer Menswear, you can do by going to this website, luke1977.com. That's luke1977.com. Use this code FDLR15. That'll get you 15% off, right, when you're making your purchase. Um, get that in. Where before Christmas, hopefully, hopefully before Christmas, uh, we're going to have an exclusive Fight Disciples range with Luke. Eh? Yep, I can't wait. Maybe if you've got any ideas of what you'd like. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Slogans or yeah, yeah. particular fighters that you want a t-shirt being made for or anything like that. Um, ping it our way, man. Let us know if there's something out there that you would love to wear and we'll have a way with the guys at Luke and get them all designing it. Up. I think one of the Fight Disciples messaged me the other day and said, I hope there's going to be a... 
popping and plopping. Popping and plopping. Yeah, I saw that. T-shirt. There's not going to be a popping and plopping. <laughs> We're a, a shit emoticon. There's not going to be one. Popping <laughs> and plopping. No chance. Uh, Luke Clothing. Uh, Luke1977.com FDLR15 yeah, now, Check out that sport range, man It's mint Two of us are sitting here in Luke's yeah, sport t-shirts We're all geared up, mate Check that sport range Absolutely, out, yeah. we're all geared up A um, little bit of something for you now As well as obviously giving you a discount on uh, the clothes that you can uh, get off Luke I think it's only fair that you can win some tickets Because we want to get you to the fights We've been doing this for the last couple of weeks We've been very blessed uh, We gave away a pair of tickets to the World Boxing Super Series We sorted um, our friend... Uh, of the show out, New Zealand lad who went to go and watch Josie Parker beat uh, Huey Fury at the weekend. And we've got a few pairs of tickets to give away for this one this weekend in Liverpool. Matchroom have been very, very kind to us. So we're going to do the normal the route. Battle of the Maisie. So keep an eye on all our social medias. Couple at- of cork and fights on it. Listen to tom- tomorrow's show. We're going to be breaking this card down completely, aren't yeah. we? So on tomorrow's show, you so can hear. Your whistle. You can hear from Paul Butler. You'll hear from Eddie Earn, Paul Butler, Natasha Jonas. Stephen Smith, who's not on the card, but he's uh, Tasha's sparring partner. Yeah, uh, you can hear from Tom Stoker, and we'll be Rocky talking Fielding. to Rocky Fielding at yep. great length. All right, uh, so make sure you download tomorrow's show. It's all available on our website, fightdisciples.com. Follow us on social media at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, because there'll be some random ticket giveaways popping up there. But the safest and easiest way of getting yourself a pair of tickets is by reviewing us on iTunes. Simples. So if you subscribe to us, obviously. Make sure you do subscribe to us on iTunes. Go to uh, iTunes, hit up Fight Disciples, and subscribe to the podcast. Yep. Then write us a five-star review. So all you've got to do, five stars, and all I want you to put in the five-star review is this. Nick, it's your round, right? That's all I need you to put. <laughs> because obviously we're going to Liverpool, Nick's going to get the bevies in, isn't he? That's how he rolls. <laughs> so all you got to do is put five, star, five stars in the review. Nick, it's your round, and then if you can... If you've got a Twitter handle, put your Twitter handle in the five-star review as well, so therefore I can contact you back dead easy uh, through that. Now, I appreciate there'll be people listening to this that have already done us a five-star review, and iTunes can be a bit arsy with putting it in again. Mm-hmm. All you've got to do to do that, as I've been told by the lovely people at Apple, is just change your review. So when you go into the review, if you've already put one in there, it'll come up with your previous review. Just delete it, and then put that back in. Put another one back in, if that makes sense. All right. So put in, uh, Nick, it's your round, five-star mm-hmm. review, and then we'll stick them all in a hat and we'll dish out some tickets. So keep an eye on our social media. We'll get in contact with you. I think that's all right, isn't it? Well, yeah, if you're going to bring me some money. Nick will be in the... No, Nick, Nick will be in his usual seat in press row, probably about three or four from uh, from the ring. So keep an eye out for him. Take your binoculars. He'll be there kitted up in Luke clothing. <laughs> we'll be here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he'll be flogging the kit on the car park as well afterwards. So... Uh, 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 get yourself down there and, and, and get yourself stuck in. Don't forget, World Boxing Super Series as well this weekend. Uh, Marius Bread uh, is taking on Mike Perez. That should be an absolute cracker. We'll review that on next week's show. And on tomorrow's Radio City Talk Show, we will go through the whole of the Liverpool card this weekend. Um, uh, the matchroom card at the Echo Arena, of which you can hopefully win some tickets for. Thank you so much for your time. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.